Yeah. We're, uh, we're going to teach today out of Psalm 71. And when I read this text with you, some of you are going to think, wow, Chuck, that's a little different from Mother's Day. And yet right in the middle is where I can remember my mom. Now, my mom's been to heaven for several years now, but I can still remember my mom seemed to have this way to always give me a great piece of advice. I mean, many of you are like, your mom always had the right advice, but, but the best advice my mom ever gave me was, wait till your dad gets home. <laughs> because she knew what was coming around the corner was not gonna be pretty. Now, at my house growing up as a kid, we didn't even know what timeout meant. I mean, timeout was when you were playing freeze tag and you wanted to get back in the game. Timeout was not, y'all go sit in the corner and think about what you're doing. I didn't have to think long, because I'm telling you, my mom had a bolo paddle. Y'all know what those are? And when you get the extra size one, you can feel it. But I recall I was, I was getting on up. You know, I was probably of the healthy age of maybe about 10. And, uh, and I remember my mom was wearing me out and broke her bolo paddle. I thought at the moment it would be cute to laugh. If you are here and you are about that age, do not do what I did. Because what, what happened right after broken bolo paddle was leather. There was no timeout given. I know my mom gave me the greatest advice over and over again. It's so good to know that someday I'm going to sit down and I'm gonna chat with my mom again. Amen. Won't that be great? Yeah, don't miss that. Psalm 71. So I'm reading today out of the New Living Translation. It's one of my favorite translations. And uh, it's because it's super practical in how it, it takes uh, the verbiage and puts it in a more modern text. It's all 24 verses, but you'll see why in a minute. Join me. Oh, Lord, I have come to you for protection. Don't let me be disgraced. Save me and rescue me, for you do what is right. Turn your ear to listen to me and set me free. Be my rock of safety where I can always hide. Give the order to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. My God, rescue me from the power of the wicked, from the clutches of cruel oppressors. O Lord, you alone are my hope. I've trusted you, O Lord, from childhood. Yes, you have been with me from birth. From my mother's womb, you have cared for me. No wonder I am always praising you. My life is an example to many because you have been my strength and protection. This is why I can never stop praising you. I declare your glory all day long. And now, in my old age, don't set me aside. Don't abandon me when my strength is failing. For my enemies are whispering against me. They are plotting together to kill me. They say, God has abandoned him. Let's go and get him now, for no one will help him. Oh, God, don't stay away. My God, please hurry to help me. Bring disgrace and destruction on my accusers, humiliate and shame those who want to harm me. But I will keep on hoping for your help. I will praise you more and more. I will tell everyone about your righteousness all day long. I will proclaim your saving power, though I am not skilled with words. I will praise your mighty deeds, O sovereign Lord. I will tell everyone that you alone are just. O oh God, you have taught me from my earliest childhood, and I constantly tell others about the wonderful things you do. Now that I am old and gray, do not abandon me, O oh God. 
Let me proclaim your power to this new generation, your mighty miracles to all who come after me. Your righteousness, O God, reaches to the highest heavens. You have done such wonderful things. Who can compare with you, O God? You have allowed me to suffer much hardship, but you will restore me to life again and lift me up from the depths of the earth. You will restore me to even greater honor and comfort me once again. Then I will praise you with music on the heart because you are faithful to our promises. Oh my God, I will sing praises to you with a lyre, O Holy One of Israel. And I will shout for joy and sing your praises for you have ransomed me. I will tell about your righteous deeds all day long for everyone who tried to hurt me has been shamed and humiliated. Now, there's a, there's a bit of a debate among theologians who wrote this chapter, but I believe it's clear that, that King David wrote this 71st Psalm because of the mention of the harp and the lyre and the singing, and this is how David would have communicated, and I believe it was written in David's older age. Now, David, uh, David lived to about 80-ish, and his son Absalom had no regard for his dad, and so his, his son was trying to overthrow his dad. And I believe the 71st chapter is written and David is speaking about the people that are going to come humiliate him and the people who are looking for destruction for him, that he's really talking about his brother Absalom in his camp. And so David, while he is, while he is hiding out in his old age, says, I want to give y'all a little bit of advice and I want to share with you what I believe that you have to have. And I believe the first thing David jumps into in this passage, he says, we all need a deep understanding of God. We just need to have a deep understanding of God. Those things that we treasure most, we want to understand and know. We want to get and understand these things. If we want to know the things of God, he's not hiding from us, but we need to know and have a deep understanding of God. There was a house fire, and the three kids were home alone. There was an eighth grader, and there was a fourth grader, and there was a second grader. And the fire happened in the stove, and they had a grease fire that happened. And the kids grabbed what they could, and they ran outside, and the fire department showed up. And the fire department said, where did the fire start, and where is it now? And they said, in the stove. It's a grease fire. And they said, well, did you not have a fire extinguisher? And the kids said, yeah, I've got it right here. And he said, well, why didn't you use it? And you know what he said? I've never learned how to use it before. You know what? I, I think that's how many of us function with God. It's like we have this catastrophe in our life and something happens in our life where all of a sudden what seemed to be going super well and super easy, all of a sudden we had this great need for God and we didn't know what to do and we didn't know how to approach him. Like the psalmist, we need to know God to have the ability to tap into his incredible power. But you see, I truly believe that that comes from developing three habits in our life. As a matter of fact, the psalmist that we just read in the 71st chapter gives us three habits that he knew. Now, I want you to recognize that he's writing this to God as a daddy. He's writing as a parent. And, and he's saying... you. You, you should and you could have the kind of relationship that has a deep meaning with God. And he says, and I've had that from my youth. I've had this because my mom, my dad, they poured into me the fact that I needed to have a deep understanding of God. Of all the things that we can give our kids, 
cars and tuition and uh, birthday parties and all the other things we could give to our kid. The great thing that we could possibly give to our kid is the greatest thing, which is that you can have an amazing understanding of the power of God. And that in that, you can develop these three Christ-like habits in your walk with God, your creator. The first one, I believe, the psalmist says, is that we need to have trust. And then we need to have praise. And then we need to have hope. But you know, a, a habit is something that we develop over time. I mean, anybody can do something one time, but, but can you consistently do these things? Can you consistently have a desire to grow and understand God? Can you consistently have a desire to learn to trust God? The habits that we develop in our younger years tend to take us further in that direction as we grow older, unless you were happen to be a part of something that literally repelled you. I know a lot of folks who grew up in churches that when they got out on their own, they was like, I'm never going to church again because this was the church I grew up in. But I also know a lot of folks like me that I grew up in the church and I remember my life being surrounded around the church and a lot of what that church was I loved and still love, but some of it was just like, I don't get it, but my mom and dad, they, they, they truly invested in me to know and understand God and learn to trust God. And yet, why do I find it so difficult? I am one of the biggest worry warts on the planet. I can find a gray lining in every silver cloud. I can find something that can get me to the point of true depression over worrying about something that could never happen. I bet I'm not alone. But what I discovered in studying this passage is that there's this tiny Hebrew root word that shows up in verses 3, 6, and 14. Like if you're reading out of an NIV, it says ever. Maybe from a New American Standard, you read always. But what it truly means is this one word, to continually develop in this trust, to continually build the habits of living for God and having an understanding desire for God. The habit of trust is something that is so difficult for us. I mean, the whole psalm is an affirmation of trust in the Lord, struggling but, not over, but overwhelmingly confident in the Lord God. Haven't there been seasons in your life where you just thought, God, you know, there is no way but you and still you couldn't sleep? But Lord, there's no possible way. I know that you've done something in the past. I know you parted the Red Sea so they could walk. I, I know you did that with the Jordan. I knew all that happened. I know that you have raised people from the dead. I know you have prepared a place in heaven for all those who would believe. But right now, God, I need a job. Right now, God, I need one extra $100 to pay that bill. But God, right now, I need my kid to not run away. Right now, I need my God, my God to show up. And in the middle of this, King David, the man after God's own heart, who God had rescued over and over and over again, the bear, the lion, Goliath, I mean, the cheating, the murder, everything, and he's come back in his old age and said, I trust you. I trust you. Struggling because he was in a difficult season, but he was unstaggering in his faith because he knew in whom he believed. I guess the question that I guess we ought to ask is, are we developing a habit of trusting God in the difficult times in our life? Well, Chuck, that's easy for you to say, you're a preacher, we pay you to have trust. Well, based on that, we're all failing. Because I struggle with it as much as any human I know in saying, well, Lord, I know how you've delivered me in the past. I know how you've shown up in the past. But God, I'll trust you for heaven. I'll trust my kids to you. I'll trust our church to you. 
but I don't know whether you can deliver because it's almost the 15th, Lord. Maybe you're just like me. Every now and then you just get filled with worry, you get filled with doubt, you get filled with anxiety. And if you're having trouble trusting, concentrate on getting to know God. You say, well, Chuck, I don't know how to get to know God. I don't read the Bible. I don't, I don't, I don't know, how do I get to know God? Chuck, just help me with that one. I'm going to give you three simple ones. You ready? Monday through Friday, a new podcast shows up where Bobby or I feed you scripture for about five minutes. And you can get fed the word of God for five or six minutes every day, Monday through Friday. You can listen to it on a walk. You can listen to it uh, on a treadmill. You can listen to it on the way into work. You, whatever you got going, listen to it while you're shaving or listen to it while you're doing whatever you do. That's one way. Second way would be, did you know that you can actually read that thing called the Bible? I mean, you can act, there's words in there. You can read it. And you say, well, Chuck, where would I start? Start in the Gospel of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John's fourth book in the New Testament. Get a simplified version like the NLT or even go get the message and read that. And at the end of every chapter, ask yourself this question. What did, what did Jesus say about himself and what am I going to do with that? And then the third way you can do that is download something like NIV Live or even over on the Bible app, there's a place where you can hit and it'll read it to you. And, and just let this start saturating your soul. But Chuck, I don't, I'm not really into that kind of thing. But you are when you hit a crisis. Don't you want to know who to call? Like one of the things we say around Sugar Hill Church is uh, we think we ought to know who's going to marry you and who's going to bury you and who you ought to call when there's a problem. We think that's a big deal. You know, we had, we had couples in the first hour who, who uh, they dedicated their child here because their church is so hip, they don't do that kind of stuff anymore. And the way we saw that was, yeah, come on, we love you, do your thing. But now we're not coming to you, we're coming to stay at your church, it's okay, we got it. We just want to love you, I think you ought to know people. I, everywhere Jesus went, he didn't hide himself from folks. And you know what I'd say, folks? That's... That's the God you want to get to know who's not hiding from you. He, he can't wait to chat with you. People ask me this question all the time. Chuck, have you ever heard God's voice? Well, now, audibly, I can honestly say, no, I haven't. I haven't. Now, uh, I have felt what he was saying to me. Jenny grabbed a couple of tickets right before the concert the other night for Justin Timberlake, right? I'm telling you, that dude can put on a show, bro. Was, that was crazy. I mean, truly, but the bass was so deep and so loud, my chest was bumping. You know what I'm saying? It's like kind of thing. So if you're here and you think we're too loud, I'm going to buy you tickets to JT next time because we need nothing. But I sat there and I could feel that music. I could feel it bumping inside me. I could feel it moving inside of me. I want to tell you, when you get to know and understand God, when he is moving in your life, you will have no doubt who's doing it. You will have no question who's here to tell you something. We have to learn the habit of trust. But I also think we've got to learn the habit of praise. I mean, but how can you learn to praise God when trials come? And the answer is, learn to trust him because just as trust stems from knowing God, Praise stems from trusting God. Because, see, here's what I've known. I, have, I believe it is physically impossible for you to offer up praise to the living God and stay in fret, discouragement, and worry. 
You say, well, Chuck, I've never tried that. You, are you telling me you're, you're writing me a prescription today that if I'm all stressed out and I'm willing to get to know God by trusting him more, then the next step is that I will naturally praise him? Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't believe it's possible for you to be riding down the road and singing the things of God and God not smile on you and say, that's my boy, that's my girl. That, you got it now. Come on, you're almost there. And some of us are in this point where it's like, okay, I'm learning to trust, but God, really, you want me to sing to you? Well, maybe you don't have to sing. Listen, if they asked me to sing on this worship team, we, next week we'd have four people here. Jenny, our dog Kirby, <laughs> Samantha, and maybe Abby. Sarah and Julie would just laugh at me. But it's not always a song, man. It's just, God, I love you. Thank you. I am, I am so unbelievably grateful for you. I was on the way to church this morning, and I was listening to the praise songs we're doing today, and I'm telling you, I think I sounded like Zach. Because when I sing with the music, I sound like I can kill it. But when I sing it without it playing, I'm telling you, dogs were following me to church. It was bad. But here's what I know. When I offer up praise because I trust the God I'm praising, amazing things happen in our life. Because when we offer praise, the Lord hears it and he showers down on us. I know you love me. I want to prove it even more. I so love you. Listen, God isn't waiting up there for you to become miserable. He can't wait for you to trust him so that he can shower you down with more reason to trust him. He is good and faithful even when he allows troubles and distress to come into our lives. Always, the greatest thing I can say about God, and I say it every week in the blessing, is this one thing. He is always good, and you are always loved. This is a God who says, trust me, praise me. And then finally, this is a God that says, I want you to have the habit of hope. The writer not only de developed habits of trust and praise, all throughout that bottom third, he talks about hope, that we might have hope now, hope when it's human is like, I want to invest $1,000 and I want to make 10% of it. And you hope that might happen. But there are a lot of things that might happen to keep that from happening. A heavenly hope is not so much, wow, I hope God will do this. It is, I hope I don't miss what God has done. There's two different, two different ways to look at this. It's the sense that he is indeed here. If you're a whiner, if you're a complainer, if you're a griper, then here's what I, I would ask you to do. Learn to trust and learn to praise, and hope is right around the corner. I, I know in my life the greatest thing that happens in me is to know that should I choose to trust God, should I choose to praise God, hope is mine. And if you believe all those things, the psalmist breeds us to this one big piece of understanding that we need to develop a lifestyle of service open hearts, open hands, that if you have, you have developed trust, if you have developed praise, if you have developed hope, all those things lead us to do one thing. And by the way, every study that is not Christian proves this too. If you're looking for enduring happiness, if you're looking for enduring trust, if you're looking for enduring hope, and if you're looking for joy to be a part of your life, then this one thing always shows up in the top three. Are you ready? Serve somebody else serve them with whatever it is they need done. 
Be willing to do what nobody else would do and be willing to do it if nobody but the Spirit of God ever gave you a pat on the back. Just be willing to go serve other people. Now, listen, I know some of y'all are here today. It's Mother's Day and your mom said, son, please come to church today. I know you're not going to go until Easter or Christmas, but would you come on Mother's Day? And you're sitting here and you're thinking, my gosh, it's already 12 o'clock. Shut up. We've only got 45 more minutes, bro. You didn't mean that, Rick. Stop saying that amen. Yeah, I know you did. You're looking at your watch a minute ago, bro. But listen, some of us thought that we gave God an hour and 20 minutes of our life by getting up, getting here, and getting out. And it's like we pulled a fiver out and said, Tip, God, here you go, way to go. You did your thing, and I'm here. And some of you are willing to come here and do one hour every week. And the thought of that would be, well, what can I get out of the church? I mean, I've come to church to get something. Right. I need something. I, I need somebody to take care of me. The point is, in this text, is not how, how can I get something from the church, how, how I can give of myself to his church. How, how can I be a part of this? The point is, the psalmist didn't want to be delivered from his problems so that he could play golf and fish. I mean, he wanted delivered from his problems so that he, he could proclaim God's power to the next generation. He wanted to be able to say, give me those babies. Give me those children. Give me those middle schoolers. Give me those high schoolers. Give me those kids at the Path Project. Give me those kids in Haiti. Give me those kids. Because when I have birthed inside of me trust and praise and hope, I can't help but give those things away. And you say, well, Chuck, you know what? I just wasn't built for that. And the, the Greek word for that is bull. <laughs> because the only reason you wouldn't do that is because there's no trust, there's no praise, there's no hope, and there's a willingness to sit here and not do one blessed thing for the kingdom of God because I'm just too stinking comfortable. No amens on that one, right? But I got to tell you, folks, Show me somebody living with trust. Show me somebody living with praise. Show me somebody living in the hope of God. And I will show you somebody who's willing to live their life with an open heart, with an open hand, and do all they can because they have captured what it's all about. How about you? Amen. You say, well, Chuck, I didn't show up here on Sunday for you to fuss at me. Oh, friend, listen, I'm not fussing at you. If you don't ever want to do anything, please keep coming back. I mean, I, I, I want you here. I mean, this church loves you. It, it, we're just so grateful that you came today. I mean, it's just so nice of you. Don't be strangers. But pick up this thought of trust. I want to know God. Because it's not hard. And when you know God, it'll be so easy to praise God. It's, it, it's not an effort. And you'll find it so easy to find a way to serve other people. Maybe you don't have to do it here. Maybe it's in your office. Maybe it's with your kid's ball team. Or maybe it's with your golfing buddies. Or maybe it's wherever. But I'll promise you, when you learn to trust and you learn to praise, you'll have hope. And God doesn't beat you down and say, here's what you got to do to all these things. And by the way, you can develop trust. You can develop praise. And you can develop hope without me. 
I mean, God wants to offer it freely to you. Just grab it and go. You see, the big picture in Psalm 71 is this, that you can choose to know the divine, the creator and sustainer of all life. You can know him up close and personal. Man, I was praying on the way in. I was singing on the way in. And I've, I've told you before, I, I don't pray well with my eyes closed. My brain's just gone. So I pray with my eyes open. I pray out loud. And you know what? I, it's so much fun. I mean, people do look at you weird at a red light, but I'm telling you, it's really cool. I mean, they just assume you got a Bluetooth connection. You know? Isn't it cool to know yours is even better than that? But you can also learn to trust and praise and hope. This, this is so attainable. I mean, I think the psalmist is saying, God, I'm counting on you. I'm counting on you. But here's the great news. You can say to God, God, I'm counting on you, and he will deliver. He, he's not withholding that from you. He, he wants you to choose to have that. He wants you to choose to love him. And I believe you can open up your heart and your hands, and you can choose to serve others anywhere in the world you want to. And anywhere in the world, in any way that you can. And it doesn't have to be in preschool or children or students or here. It, it, it can be wherever you're at. But what I know is that with trust, with praise, with hope, and you put that into practice, it won't be long before you're doing something for the kingdom of God and for his church. Don't miss this. Because you can count on him. God, I'm counting on you, and he is always faithful. Whether you've been a follower of Jesus for 30 years or three days, he's faithful. Won't you choose him today? Let's pray. God, we are grateful that today we can, we can choose to know you, we can choose to trust you. God, we can, we, can, we can choose to praise you, and we can find our hope in you. And Lord, let all that we do Make this place better as we serve others, built out of trust and praise and hope in you, our God, who loves us. Amen.